On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there, amazed and perplexed, what can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen! Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Good morning again. I'm here with Steve Quist, our vice president, and uh, Steve and Cassie are the leaders of our St. John's Kids Ministry, so a lot of families, you know them from that. Welcome, Steve. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Really excited. Yeah, and I'll explain why Steve's here for in a minute, but first, before anything, I just want to mention, because uh, we don't all get to come together and see like you guys as often as, as, um, as we used to, and a couple of months ago... Um, you and Cassie, you, you had just gotten licensed as foster parents, yeah. and you received your first foster placement. Yeah, so believe, believe it or not, uh, we haven't seen anyone, but two days before the state shut down. Two days. Two days before. Okay. We got our first placement. Uh, <laughs> Why not, right? Right? Let's let it roll. That's, that's my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> my wife, she would tell you. Say, that's, that's not just, Cassie's life. not out but, of the norm. <laughs> But two days before it all shut down, uh, we got a nine-month-old foster boy. Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's incredible, right? Um, but it's an experience, right? Yeah. So the two of us went from both of us, no kids, working normal full-time jobs to parents of a nine-month-old and both trying to work full-time jobs from home. Crazy. Crazy. But he is an unbelievable blessing on our lives. So yeah. he has been the best part about this. Um, it's really been like having uh, uh, time to spend with them, right? Like um, paternity time. Yeah, it's awesome. 
So yeah. I've gotten to be home with him for two months, gotten to bond with him. He's been a huge blessing. But it's also created some chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I think our last council meeting, um, you actually were sitting outside and he was playing. And yeah, so he's kind of right. cool. Cassie yeah. was gone for the night and yeah. we were playing outside and he was happy. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to mess with here. it. We're just yeah. going to roll. So <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, that's what we do, right? That's a good segue. We didn't plan for that, but we're rolling with it this morning. And the reason I invited Steve to, to join us is because... Uh, we're going to talk as followers of Christ about living in a divided world. And um, the, the God moment that kind of brought this together and, and why I called Steve, it was just on Wednesday, actually, that I called you, Steve, right. was I was talking with your wife, Cassie, and Tanya. We were having a staff meeting. And we were just talking about how, how divided everybody has gone, gone back to in the last several weeks. And there's just so much division that is is tearing apart even friendships and, and neighbors right. and family. Right. You want to talk about COVID, right? And all that divide. Right. And I'm an infectious disease expert. Oh, that's right. right. That's yeah, right. right. Yeah. right. No. <laughs> really? He called me. I'm like, why are you calling me? That's I right. know nothing that's about right. COVID. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so you may not have known that Steve is a doctor, and right. so he's going to explain That's to us. That's what I've done in the last yeah. two months. <laughs> he's not a doctor. He's an insurance agent. Right. I'm not a doctor either. I don't know what I am. Um, but we want to be faithful in the midst of all of yeah, this. And like, like you said, COVID-19, definitely a big part of the divisions right now, right? Like whether you wear a mask or whether you don't or whether you open or whether you close. or You know, all of these things are causing divisions. And... And it's, it's unfortunate because we had a conversation, and this is why I asked Steve to do this, was because we've talked about some of these things. And even at the beginning of all of this, we both talked about how maybe this is going to bring everybody together. Right, like, it was. It was awesome. Yeah. We had that conversation. It was for, fantastic. For like three weeks. Yeah, it three, was great. It was great. <laughs> it was like, awesome. And then things kind of started to go in the opposite direction. And now... I almost feel like it's worse Absolutely. than it was when things started. And so we, we, we just want to, we want to talk, we, we threw out what we were going to do before, and we've done that before in this season, because we want to talk about how this is affecting relationships, how it's affecting families, how it's affecting neighbors, um, because that's what we're dealing with right now. And you and Cassie had even some experiences you've had in your own circles of, of relationships. Yeah, I think, you know, I've seen a lot of it. You know, you said, first of all, if you said the tensions might be worse, maybe worse, I think they absolutely are yeah, worse. I yeah. think it's, it's really evident. And For I've sure. seen it amongst my friends, my clients, people I interact with every day. It's, it's caused divisions, you know, that politics didn't divide people religion didn't divide people but now we're getting divided over this covid stuff it's been mm -hmm. it's been it's been crazy right so yeah. you know i've seen people that have been exceedingly angry about businesses that have required masks right and to the point where they're calling to boycott these businesses right i've seen that but i've seen it in our group of friends right our group of friends has differing opinions like any group of friends probably does mm -hmm. right a group that's normally pretty homogeneous and agrees and gets along really well people have very different opinions of this. We have people that from day one were like, this is ridiculous. What's going on? This is no worse than the flu. I need to get to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's worry about the economy. Let's go, let's go. No different. And we've got people that might have come out till 2024, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, home. right? Yeah. And that's all within yeah. our group of friends. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. People are different. But what happens is people are, you know, saying negative things or be divided about it. I mean, as guilty as anyone, mm -hmm. right? We've all done it. It's easy to do. Mm -hmm. But that is wrong. We're letting it 
a disease divide us. We're mm -hmm. letting politics divide us, and mm -hmm. that is not okay. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's affecting, again, really important relationships where, you know, I feel like before this, it's, it's not that it wasn't, right? We, we had actually talked about doing a sermon series on these divisions before this, but it's just become amplified. And I read somewhere early that crisis tends to amplify what was already there before the crisis. Right. And um, so if things were going well, then it amplifies those good things, but it also amplifies the negative things. And, and, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that in the cracks. And and today's Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church. And, and God's word speaks directly to how, as followers of Christ, we can tap into a, a power and, and a source of peace that can transcend differences and can bring people together who come from different places. And so if you don't know what Pentecost is, it's, it's a holiday that churches all around the world are celebrating right now. Millions and millions of Christians are celebrating what happened 2,000 years ago, and it's, it's recorded in the Bible in the book of Acts chapter 2. Now, little backstory. Jesus, before he died, he prepared the disciples for his upcoming death. And in John 14, he said that he was, he was going to die, he was going to rise from the grave, he was going to ascend to go and be with the Father, but he wasn't going to leave them, and he wasn't going to leave us, but he was going to instead send the, the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said in, in John 14, 23. Jesus said, anyone who loves me and will obey my teaching, anybody who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home in them. Now, that word home in the Greek, which is the original language of, of the New Testament, is the same word that John uses to describe the, the rooms that Jesus uh, talks about at the beginning of chapter 14. You've, you've heard what Jesus said probably, that, that his father's house has many rooms. He's going to prepare a place for you. This is what he told the disciples as he was preparing them for his death and for his ascension. But he didn't say that he was just going to go there so that they could be with him. He also said that until they got there, that he would be in them, and specifically in them and with them, that they would become the dwelling place through which his spirit would live. And this is what he says in verse 24. He says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, how comforting is that you think you're you're one of the disciples right at that point in the story they had been with him for several years they had invested everything in following him their future their hope was in being in the presence of jesus and he has just dropped a bomb on them that they can't even comprehend i'm gonna die and 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 then i'm gonna rise and i'm gonna go to the fire i mean just incomprehensible like like if somebody said that to you today you wouldn't understand it either and so how comforting though that jesus said to them that he wasn't going to leave, but that the Holy Spirit was going to come. My presence is going to be with you and in you, and that that is going to be the source of peace that you're going to live on. And then he compares it 
to what the world gives you, that I don't give as the world gives. And, and Steve, I think that the crux of what we're talking about today, the divisions that are dividing us, really could be defined as, as us striving for something from others that ultimately should be coming from God, that God gives us peace. And, and as we struggle to get along with our neighbors and our friends and even our family, how do you think that manifests itself in the conflicts that we're experiencing? Yeah, so I've got a list of 96 things. 96. That's the core. Yep. All right. Right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll <laughs> be here for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have a list, we probably wouldn't there be probably here. There probably is 96. Right, yeah. but I've got three reasons why we think differently and then okay. three reasons that cause the actual conflict, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So number one reason we think differently is God has blessed us with free will, right? That's one of his great gifts to us is that we have free will. The decision that we can make decisions on our own, and as a result, we come to different conclusions, mm-hmm. and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. We can look at things, we can look at the same set of data, and come to completely different conclusions. Mm-hmm. That's just what we've been gifted with as humans is free will. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see things differently. Yeah. Also, we have different core motivations. People are driven by different things. Um, some people are very, very financially driven, and maybe it's because they have a strong need for security for their family, mm-hmm. right? Um, Which isn't a bad thing in and of itself. No, absolutely not. It's not a bad thing in and of itself. So they want to work hard. They want to see the economy do well. Mm -hmm. Um, So people like that, they're more likely during this to be worried about the economy, Mm -hmm. right? The effects of COVID on the economy. Mm -hmm. They're the people that are out there working, right? Mm -hmm. They want to work. They want to Or they want to work. Right. Or they want to work. That's causing tension in in themselves that they can't, right? Right. Right. So that's something that motivates people. Other people are are motivated by a need for safety and security as well, but not financially, mm-hmm. um, maybe from a, a health standpoint. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a family that's dealt with loss. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had loss due to, to cancer or illness in the past, so they're very susceptible to wanting that safety for their families, mm-hmm. right? So they, they want to do everything they can to keep their family healthy and keep them safe, mm-hmm. right? Different core motivations. There's lots of things that motivate us, and none of those alone are wrong, mm-hmm. um, but they do cause division. But they cause division, absolutely. Sure. Also, we have different risk tolerances. So I'm not a doctor, <laughs> like we said earlier, but yeah. I, I, I do sell insurance for a living. Which is about I risk. I analyze risk mm-hmm. every single day. And let me tell you what, people have an extremely different tolerance for risk. Mm-hmm. People have, <laughs> some people are scared that they're going to be abducted by aliens and a volcano is going to go off in the middle. Can you get insurance for that? You can get insurance <laughs> for just about anything, right? <laughs> for the right dollars. Yeah. But seriously, it, it's people, there are people that are worried that a volcano is going to happen in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and there are people that aren't afraid of anything, right? Mm-hmm. If they weren't required by law, they wouldn't carry insurance, mm-hmm. right? So you see a different tolerance for risk, and that really plays itself out during this COVID thing, right? Because at sure. the end of the day, what are we doing? We're, we're analyzing the risk. And we're deciding whether or not we can go out, what activities we can do, and what is safe for ourselves, our family, and our friends. Right, So right. people have different risk tolerances. And again, that's okay. Right. What happens, though, is the conflict. Mm-hmm. The differences in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong there. Mm-hmm. The problem is the conflict. Mm-hmm. And three things, there's lots of things that bring on conflict, right? We could, we could preach for a year on conflict. Conflict, yeah. But we're going to talk about three things, I think, that right now are bringing that about. We have a desire, first and foremost, to be right over a desire for a relationship. 
Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. For I, sure. Don't, you know, I don't want to yeah. see this I've been out in the I've audience. Been, I've been right? guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. We've all been Spouses there. Spouses are right. Yeah, their, we don't yeah. want that. But seriously, we all want to be right. It's right. human nature. Right. We don't like being wrong. It's hard to admit when we're wrong. Right. And that drives us. You know, right from the beginning, and I said, this is ridiculous. There's nothing wrong. Go to work. And yeah. I'm going to stick to that, right? Yeah, yeah. But right from the beginning, I said, this is the most dangerous thing that there's ever been. And I'm going to stay in my house till 2024 yeah. to prove it, yeah. right? We yeah. want to be right. Yeah. That's yeah. out there. That's a big driver. Yeah. Number two, uh, and this is more than just COVID, but it applies now, is there's a loss of respect for differing opinions. Absolutely. And I don't think that even comes close to stating it strongly enough, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We can't have discourse about policy, about COVID, about just about anything. We can't yeah. talk about what we want to have for dinner mm -hmm. if we have different opinions without having to fight about it, right? I want to perform social security does not mean I don't care about granny. Mm -hmm. I want universal health care does not mean I'm a secret agent for the USSR <laughs> trying to bring back Soviet <laughs> Russia, right? Like that is not people yeah. have generally have good intentions. Let's have an honest discussion and not throw each other under the bus because we have different opinions. We need to respect each other. We need to love each other. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to do. And then finally, we're obsessed with the news, mm -hmm. right? And, and that is not the right thing to be obsessed with, no, right? No. You're anxious? You wonder why you're anxious? Right. You're on the news. Like, let's right. scroll through. Here's 99 right. terrible stories, and yeah. a dog got saved from a tree. Like, <laughs> even, <laughs> even that show, what is it called? Some Good News by John Krasinski, the guy from The Office. Right. right. Even that became division when he came out that he sold it to CBS. And, <laughs> right. and, and I read today, like, he's like, I wasn't like a sellout. I just wanted good news to go to a news place. And yet we were dividing over the good news. It's like, right. it's, it's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. You could spend some time in the word. Right, right. Instead of in the news. Right. And maybe you're going to find yourself a little less anxious. And I shared that in a sermon maybe a year or two ago. I, I, and I probably read it from some other pastor or something, but it was convicting to me was, was do you spend more time reading the news and going on social media, or do you spend more time praying and in God's word? And if you think about that, just think about what you've done in the last 24 hours. And, and you don't have to answer. I'm not going to answer. I won't ask you to answer because there's been too many days where I go to bed and I've got anxiety and I think to myself, why? And then I think, well, because the last thing I did, it wasn't reading the Bible. It wasn't even a prayer. It was, I needed to read one more headline. And I wonder why I'm stressed out. Right. Why you can't sleep at night. Yeah. Oh, man, I know. Yeah. We're all guilty of it. And so, you know, in some ways, we can't help ourselves. This, a lot of these issues at their root have been issues for humanity from the very beginning of time. And, and Pentecost is a reminder that Jesus kind of said that. He said, he said I'm going to send you a helper, an advocate. I don't think he would do that if we didn't need help. And so on Pentecost, that's what he did. And it wasn't just any helper. It wasn't some superpower. It wasn't a list of 96 reasons to, to go against the 96 bad things. But, but it was a good list. But it was, a good, <laughs> it was one thing. He said, I will be with you. And, and that's what happened in Acts chapter 2. And so, Steve, why don't you read that passage? Yeah, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 reads, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now, the day of Pentecost was, was actually not a Christian holiday to begin with, but it was a Jewish holiday. Um, in Hebrew, it's known as Shavuot, and it's, it's 50 days, still celebrated today by Jews, and it's, it's 50 days after the Passover festival. Now, if you don't know what the Passover festival is, I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, it's remembering what God did for the Jewish people back in the book of Exodus when he passed over their households um, with the angel of death. So the angel of death passed over, their firstborns were saved, and they celebrated how God had saved them from slavery in Egypt. Well, 50 days later, Shavuot is uh, the day that is the last day of the grain gathering, of, of the grain harvest. And so they would thank God for providing for them, like specifically providing for them physically, financially, economically. These are very important things. But at the same time, they also thanked God for providing his word, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And I always share this quote on Pentecost. It's by a Jewish commentator. He said, Passover freed us physically from bondage, but the giving of the Torah on Shavuot, on Pentecost, redeemed us spiritually from our bondage to idolatry and immorality. In other words, the Passover brought freedom, but God's word taught them how to live free. And what happened on Pentecost, two, you know, 2,000 years ago, and that was a long time after the Passover and after the first Shavuot and all of those things, what happened on Pentecost was God sent his presence to dwell among his followers so that they would not be alone in living out that freedom, that they would not have to do it by themselves. And so this dovetails into the end of, of this series that we're in um, called Upside Down Joy. And we're, we've been going through the, the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian Christians. And at the end of his letter, he makes this connection between how we're called to live in Jesus and how the Holy Spirit dwells within us and makes promises to us to bring us peace. And so I want to read that. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so, so Steve, looking at this passage, I feel like Paul has really given us some some things to really sink our teeth into, and how can we apply this hope of a God who dwells within us to the divisions that we're facing in this moment today? Paul has just given us a ton, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much to look at, but we're just going to look at a couple pieces that are extremely relevant, starting with rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Always. All the time. Always. COVID rejoice. That, that felt weird. I, when he told me that the first time, I'm like, that doesn't sound right, no, right? It COVID still rejoice. But, but, like, who wants to rejoice? No about one. This? No one wants to rejoice about this, but, but that's what we're called to do. That's what us, we as Christians need to do. We need to find the joy in this. And really, for me, I need to look for the little things. I need to appreciate what I have, the time I have gotten to spend with my 
with, with my, my foster son has been incredible. Yeah. It's been great time. I don't need to go any further than that to appreciate what COVID has done in my life. I think lots of people have grown in their relationships and their family. Mm -hmm. They spent more time with their neighbor, maybe six feet apart or yeah. 12 feet but apart. But you or, see each other, right? But Going you see on each walks. Other. So many do dogs are very happy. Or <laughs> 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 tired. Or <laughs> tired, right, <laughs> depending on the family. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, there, are, there are good things that have come out of this. Three great weeks of being united, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right, right, and that was true. I mean, it shows what humanity's capable of, Yeah, right? absolutely. Sure. How about rejoice when a politician you did not did not vote for does something that benefits others, right? Right, because that does happen. And right? we've seen that, right? We've seen where so often politicians have made decisions in the midst of all of this, and our acceptance of those decisions isn't really based on the objective results of them, no. but it's based on who we voted what for. party. Yeah, yeah, and and so can we rejoice for people that in other ways maybe we radically disagree with? Right. How about we rejoice when things don't go the way? We thought they would. How about we rejoice mm. knowing that God is still at work and your rejoicing is ultimately in him, mm -hmm. not in the world. Amen. Acts 10, 34 to 35 says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the ones who fear him and does what is right. Emphasis here is in every nation. Mm -hmm. Every nation. If God will accept people from communist China to Germany to Russia to the U.S. of A., mm -hmm. who are we, who are we to not accept someone that disagrees with us politically within our own country? Mm -hmm. We're called to not show favoritism. God doesn't show favoritism across the entire world to every nation, to every individual. Mm -hmm. Who are we? Every ethnicity, uh, every, I mean, there's just Every stance soul. on COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. everything yeah so because so, yeah. someone doesn't want to wear a mask or because someone yeah. doesn't want to leave their house yeah doesn't mean we don't get to respect them mm -hmm. god loves them all equally doesn't show favoritism right right let your gentleness be evident to all your gentleness it's convicting so um when's the last time you cruised your facebook wall what would gentle right. would gentle be the first adjective that comes to mind yeah. Or maybe even better, when's the last time you cruised your friend's Facebook wall that you posted on? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Right, for right? Sure. Remember, mm -hmm. the Lord is near. Mm -hmm. Not that he's watching you, well, but actually, he is, yeah, he really right? kind of is. But God is right? with us all the time. And so are we thinking about our example and the way we're living our life knowing that God is with us. Right. He's Not only is with us, but he's there to help us too, right? Right, right. Yeah, God's sure. there to help us. He's there to help us be gentle. Right. When everything inside of you wants to be the opposite, mm -hmm. we're going to hate on the person that doesn't want to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. We're going to be angry towards the person that doesn't want to leave their house. They mm -hmm. want to crash the economy. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. want everyone to be sick. No, mm -hmm. be gentle. Yeah. Treat other people with gentleness. That's good. Matthew seven twelve says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Romans 2, 12, 10 goes farther. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another before yourselves. Mm -hmm. Put other people above yourselves. Treat others how you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. This is, it's important. It applies to COVID, right? For sure. <laughs> not, don't, For sure. Treat everyone that's wearing a, wearing a mask equal to yeah, you. Right. No, treat everyone. Everyone. First Peter 2.17, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, 
Honor the emperor. And there's so much when you suggested that passage. It's like there's like 10 sermons in there because we so often will compartmentalize. I'm going to treat these people with gentleness, but not these people. I'm going to treat this group of people. And so you say, show proper respect to everyone. And so some of you, there's, there's at least one person who's like, well, what does that mean in the Greek? Well, let me tell you. I don't know <laughs> Greek, right? And I really don't know it very well. But it means everyone, okay? Everyone. It means everyone. And you're like, even well, Even my neighbor with the political yard sign that I don't agree with every two years? Even the neighbor with the political yard sign or the one that walks their dog and lets their dog do things Ooh, in your yard or whatever. Yeah, that one's going to be tough. <laughs> show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. You know, my heart has broken broken, and I, I mean this seriously, and I was talking with some other church leaders this week too, it's like every blog post for pastors this week was how to deal with the division within our churches over the decision on whether to open, when to open, how to open, what the restrictions are, all of those okay. kinds of things within the church. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Well, well this doesn't apply to the government. Honor the emperor. It's all there. So much to say. So much, absolutely. We could spend all day on this, but instead, let's jump back into Paul. We should. He's got lots of <laughs> <Thank> words. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you and I could talk yeah. all day, but absolutely. no one wants to listen yeah. to yeah, that. Absolutely. So we're absolutely. gonna bring back in Paul. And Paul says, when you're anxious, pray. 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 I read I read a study this week, it was really interesting. Um, and it made me think of this right now. But uh what it said was that prayer has the same benefits of meditation. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously from a, from a secular news source, but I found it incredibly interesting because meditation's been very, very lauded lately as a, you know, right. a way to calm yourself during this time. It's important. Meditate, do yoga, whatever it might be. That'll bring, your, bring, bring you down. Well, even there, they are recognizing from a secular source that prayer has the same benefits as meditation. I would obviously say prayer has benefits that go well beyond absolutely way beyond meditation because you're it, connecting with the right, holy spirit that right, lives inside of you it's incredible the benefits yeah, of prayer they're yeah, endless yeah. but it's but still just the peace that comes upon you it's really there find something to be thankful for in this time mm -hmm. spend time think of something to be thankful for and bring it before god and find that peace that's the result the peace of god will come upon you even if you still don't understand the situation, you don't understand COVID, you can't see why it's there, you don't know what you should do on a day-to-day -day basis, you're going to be at peace. And that peace extends beyond you. Mm -hmm. It's a peace that if you find it, it's going to extend to your family, to your Amen. friends, to Amen. your neighbors, and eventually to the world. That is the power of the peace the, of God. The power of prayer mm -hmm. is the peace that we can bring to this earth. And that's what the world needs. Absolutely. Like, that's what the world needs. That's why we threw out the plan for this weekend, because it's like, oh, my goodness, the world is dividing, and Jesus is calling us to be the church right now. Like, this is the peace. We need to, to embrace our differences. We need to, to not ignore them, but in love, with peace, and ultimately finding our identity not in this world, in the things that this world will give, right? That Jesus contrasts the Holy Spirit to, which is 
political party, and it is opinion, and it is being right over relationship as followers of Christ. That's what we need to identify as first, followers right. of Christ, not Republicans or Democrats. And think about the power of that, the peace that comes from that. We can now have that conversation. We can treat each other with respect, Amen. treat each other with the love God shows us. And now we can have a conversation, and now we can come up with solutions. Right. And, and that's what we then go and, as you said before, we share with other people in conversations, in relationship, um, in accepting them right. for differences of opinion. And um, it's kind of a, a good segue into what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to start a new series um, called The Art of Neighboring. It's actually based on a book. And there's a small group curriculum that's on Right Now Media. And you're actually, we got the idea yeah. from your small group because right. you guys are already doing and it. And it's right? awesome. Guys, it's great. Right? Yeah. Like, we get to go out and meet people. It's right up my alley. It's fantastic. <laughs> we all want some opportunity <laughs> and excuse to get to, to be around other people. And, and so today, though, I want to just say is kind of pre-work, right? Like, like, you need to know that what God is calling you to be and to do in the midst of your neighbors to bring hope is, is contingent on having the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, having God with you, um, that, that that's what is going to make all of the difference um, as, as God bridges that gap between you and other people. And it's ultimately because the cross of Christ has bridged the gap between us and God. And, and, I, and I, I just shared with you just earlier that, that when I first came to Christ, it was in a little Lutheran church, um, I married the pastor's daughter. That's a different <laughs> different story for a different time. Um, but at the time, I didn't know Alyssa. Uh, her dad, Pastor Brian, was given the sermon. And it was these two workhorses and a wooden cross. And on the one side, it was us. And on the other side, it was God. And he explained very simply that the chasm that separates the two is sin. And it was Jesus dying on the cross, and he literally put the cross over the two workhorses and walked across in his robe <laughs> and all this stuff, and, and explained that that is what took place. That's what needed to happen. That is the bridge that, that caused us to be able to, to cross over the chasm and be in relationship again with God. And I, I, So I think, sorry, that just, it, yeah. it just reminds me uh, right before this all started, we did an illustration in my small group at St. John's right. Kids, right? So it was talking, maybe Jake told you about it, mm -hmm. how the cross allows us to do the impossible, right? Mm -hmm. So we took a balloon, mm -hmm. inflated it, and we put a needle into it, and it popped, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what happens when you put a needle into a balloon. But then we inflated another balloon, and we took some tape, and we put it in the shape of a cross mm -hmm. on that balloon. And right in the middle of the cross, we took the needle and pushed it through, hmm. and nothing happened. So it didn't pop. It didn't pop, which is seemingly impossible. And it was a great example for the power of the cross, the power of God, the power that Jesus gives us. Amen. It allows us to do the impossible. We can talk with respect to our neighbors that disagree with us on COVID, mm -hmm. on politics, on whatever it might be. We can love each other. We can treat each other with the love that God shows us. Mm -hmm. That may seem impossible, but with the cross through Jesus, we can do that. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. That's awesome. I mean, it's First John, right? We love because he first loved us. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's why we share communion every week. That's, that's why we do it even as we're scattered in different places. Because it reminds us of what God has done to bridge that gap. And so um, we want to share that with you this morning. 
And if you have bread, if you have wine, um, I'd encourage you to, uh, to take it out. If you have water, if you have a cracker, whatever, whatever that might be, let's, let's just say a quick prayer in preparation for this, and then, and then let's, um, let's join together. Lord Jesus, I, just, um, I thank you uh, that you are the Prince of Peace. And that you love us so much that even as you ascended to be with the Father and to prepare a dwelling place in you for us to go in the Father's house that has many rooms, that that you didn't leave us behind alone, but that you said it would be even better because the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, your very presence and spirit form would dwell not in a place, in a church, in a temple, but that we would become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that happened on Pentecost, and it happens today. And so, God, we thank you for that truth. And we pray that you would just take our hearts and help us to surrender them to you, that we might be the surrendered peacemakers that you've called us to be in every relationship, in our families, in our friends, in our neighbors. Prepare us for this meal and what you've done to achieve that peace for us. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. As you, as you take bread right now, um, we remember that Jesus shared a meal with the disciples and told us that as we share this meal, that he would be present with us in a mysterious and special way. And so, again, if you believe these things to be true, if you surrender yourself to God, um, then you're welcome to join us in this as well. Jesus took the bread with the disciples in that upper room on that Passover. And he broke the bread and said, Take and eat, this is my body broken for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you eat this, remember me. You want to share the wine? Yeah. And then he took the cup and said, This is my blood shed for you. When you drink it, remember me. And so as, as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we remember what it represents, the presence of God inside of us because of the gift of Pentecost, this gift by grace through faith. And the way we prepare for this gift to receive it is the only way that, that you can prepare to receive any gift is by opening up your hands. It's a physical sign of surrender. And so we encourage you to open up your hands. If you don't know the words, they'll come up on the screen as we pray the way that Jesus teaches us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. At this time, take and eat the body of Christ broken for you. And take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and the blood, may the presence of Jesus living inside of you and me strengthen us, keep us in his peace, and may we meditate on that truth now as we sing one final song of praise. I want to thank Steve again for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And um, have a blessed week, but we're going we're gonna to sing first before we go, so let's sing.